Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt and Height. Hello. Oh, God. The voice is definitely I know. I, I was like, whoa. Yeah. And, that, and that's not like that's not like a puberty-breaking voice. No, that's that just is... a broken voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of felt like the um, the difficult teen from The Simpsons. The uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God. I can't even remember that dude's name. He does actually have a... Like, a character name. He does have a character name. So um, you're joining us on the morning of day three of the NAM show, uh, but we're actually going to be talking about what we saw yesterday. Um, we had uh, a few things going on last night that we meant we couldn't record, so this is coming to you slightly later than it I was hoping. Um, just, where do the day? It was like this last year. It's like, where do the days go? 100%. Yeah, yesterday. I mean, we d- we'll talk about what we did yesterday, because we did loads of cool stuff, but overall, the day went so quickly. I mean, I can't believe that it's the last day, basically. I mean, we're probably not going to yeah. do anything tomorrow. I mean, last year the show was open on Sunday, but when I was talking to the guys um, from Boss on the booth, they were like, Sunday is just like, if you want to go and walk around the show, just do it on Sunday, because nothing happens. Yeah. And um, I think today is the public day, which means it's like <laughs> really busy. <laughs> it's going to be hell. But I'll tell you what, actually, one thing um, which I think we probably mentioned is that everything is grouped together. So actually, I, I feel that it's felt, it's still noisy. But yeah. it's felt less busy. It's not felt, like, overly crowded. You just get, like, swells of noise, basically. Like, you'll be you'll be talking to someone, you're thinking, oh, this is fine. And then all... It, not really all of a sudden, but, like, five minutes later, if you're still in the conversation, you suddenly realise, oh, wait, it's got incredibly loud again. Yeah. And all that's happened is one person's turned up their amp, and the next, per- next person's like, oh, they're loud, I should turn up my amp. Yeah. And the next person's like, oh, they're really loud, I should, should turn up my amp. Yeah. And, yeah, and then... That person with the really loud amp sort of like just dies down, know, dies down, and then everyone calms down again. But it's funny actually in terms of brands, not many amps. Yeah, I've noticed. well, just would you bring an amp here? Obviously, you know it's a great marketing tool, but in terms of people actually demoing the product and getting an evaluation of the amp, yeah. unless you've got soundproof booths, which a lot of stands have. Yeah. Um, you know what can you, people actually tip? It's like we've been saying to. The pedal manufacturers, when they're like, oh, do you want to plug it in? It's like, no, to be honest, we'll just go and watch the YouTube demo because we'll learn way more about yeah, it we'd than much we'll rather standing just, here. And we'd much rather just meet you, do you know yeah, what I mean? Rather definitely. than be like, oh, hi, yep, yep, here's a camera, I'm going to shove it in your face and do a video. Yeah, that's not productive at yeah. all, I don't think. And like, we haven't really been trying that much stuff yeah. here. We've been 
obviously, you know, hearing all about it, but we're coming home and looking at YouTube and getting the demos from there. Yeah. Um, because you can hear way more. Yeah. Even, to be honest, even the NAM YouTube demos are better than listening to it on the show floor at NAM because yeah. because they've got a mic so close to the speaker and stuff, you can actually hear what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's just, it's crazy. I think as well, because everything's grouped together, people stick to the kind of their instrument. Mm. But guitars is definitely the worst because when you go into like the flute and like woodwind section oh, yes, like, yesterday when we sat and had breakfast we were opposite the tin flute uh, like the uh, penny whistle section I, I noticed one was called crystal flutes and they made like acrylic flutes but they were like had stuff in them like flower petals and things <laughs> it's like, so weird oh, I guess there's dealers out there you know there's shops out there that specialise in that but man there's, there's so much stuff here that you know wouldn't even cross our paths in you, a regular day to day are headphone shows really quiet because everyone's just on headphones yeah they are generally pretty quiet it's good it's really good going to headphones I mean <laughs> there's other things about headphone shows that are annoying but um, yeah the noise level generally is pretty low like today I think I'm just going to wear earplugs all day on the yeah. show floor and um, for a headphone show obviously you don't have to do that too much yeah it's, it's yeah. good so um let's do let's do a quick run through of what we did yesterday um first thing we actually did early on in the day we went to um the line six booth and i know we've talked about line six a lot but they've got a lot of good stuff going on um but specifically we were asked to guest on the brand new line six podcast yeah um, i wonder where they got that idea from well <laughs> yeah 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 no i just like the name because it is just it's just line six podcast but pod is capitalized are they fans of pod uh, yeah it's not it's nothing to do with the product the pod it's just they love pod the band <laughs> um so uh yeah so for those of you who don't know line six are doing their own podcast um hosted by a guy called jay and a guy called will um and joe branton and i were on there yesterday um doing talking about stuff and the more i think obviously podcasts are, seem to be growing and you know we went to, we'll talk again we we'll talk about the podcaster meetup we went to yesterday there's loads of podcasts and the more brands get into it there is always the chance that they're just going to put out like corporate things you yeah know? like my, the worst thing i could imagine from a brand is if it was just someone talking about their own products and then some sound samples of their own products yeah i can't think of much worse than that so that's kind of what i was uh, it, that's what i was worried that a branded podcast t- could turn into line six actually have already i think they've released a couple of episodes and i've listened to the first one and I got the vibe that it wasn't going to be like that at all. Um, so yeah, Jay and I, um, sorry, Joe and I went on the podcast. And to be honest, we talked about Line 6 a bit, but we spent like 10 or 15 minutes talking about PV Mark IV bass heads, um, <laughs> just because that's the way the conversation went. And I think they've got two really good guys to host the podcast. Yeah. Um, one's got a moustache. I wonder where he got that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And one's, one's really tall, like Jay Cross. Yeah, yeah. It's Will that's tall, though. That's a shame. yeah. Yeah, that would have been better if it was the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's cool. So, that, I don't know when that's going to be out. They, um, they were talking about how frequently they can do podcasts, and I think it's like once every couple of weeks or once a month. So, um, yeah, at some point that will be on there. We had a really good chat. We talked about, you know, punk bands and a bit of early Line Six and yeah. stuff like that. It was. Um, I stood outside and Instagrammed a bunch of photos. Yeah, there are so many to do today. I have to sit do that all over breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be sitting Denny's doing Instagramming. Great fun great fun how are they you know the life of a it's all it's all blogger, glamorous. vlogger it's, it's, youtube podcast it, it, channel it's all glamorous now um the, we headed to the show floor and we'll talk about what we saw there um after this kind of intro bit um but halfway through the day sort of lunchtime we went to the 
uh, Tone Mob slash Sinusoid podcasters meet up. Yeah. Uh, or kind of influences meet I mean, up. How many, like people, how many people do you think were there? 45? Mm, something like that, yeah. Considering last year, I think they had barely over 10. Yeah, somewhere between 35 and 45, I yeah. think. And it was really cool. So, yeah, um, hosted by um, Blake at Tone Mob and the guys at Sinusoid Cable, um, we just got together and had a ton of pizza and actually finally put real faces to names of people you've seen a lot on the internet and heard a lot in yeah. in podcasts, or on podcasts, sorry. Um, I actually got to have a really good chat with Mike um, from Mike and Mike's Guitar Bar, yeah. or formerly of Mike and Mike's Guitar Bar. I don't know. I'm not sure how involved he still is in that. Pooashin on Instagram. Yeah. The guy who loves Jazz Masters basically and has a big red beard. Yeah. Um, and that was cool because we've been, I think, following each other for quite a while on, on Instagram and I love the stuff that he puts up. I think yeah. it's incredible that he's so focused on one guitar style. Yeah. Like, he know, just loves Jazz Masters. I, I liked talking to uh, Mr. Cole Duke. Yes. From the uh, Gear Slum. Definitely. Yeah, it was really good. Again, someone I've kind of seen a lot on. Uh, on Facebook, on the Facebook groups, and interacted with quite a bit, and it was good to put a kind of real face to yeah. a name. Um, and interesting to find out, you know, what he does on the day to day outside of podcasting yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Just good to hang out with a load of people. Got to say hello to the Sinusoid guys, which was cool. Um, and uh, yeah, just chatting about podcasting and like where we kind of see this all going and you know what people are up to and different things that people could be doing to kind of yeah. make sure there's more people in general listening to podcasts. I, th- I think this thing is just like this is the future of like the guitar market talking market. about gear yeah because yeah. this is what people want to do people you know even before the podcasts we would just get around sit around and talk about gear yeah and then now there's a way that everyone can get involved it, yeah podcasting makes so much sense to me and yeah. I, I'm I'm very happy that we are doing less video this yeah. now because I, I can't think of anything worse than us having to come back here after the show floor and sit and edit videos for yeah. hours. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked to some guys who are going around and doing that at the show and it just seems stressful. And I just, I don't want that. I want yeah. to have time to kind of spend a bit of time with brands, not just thrust the camera in their face. Um, you know, we see some of the, some retailers and stuff and they're doing, you know, a lot of video. Yeah. I mean, we ran into to someone and they were like, oh, we've shot 25 videos today. I'm like, I think it's just we, editing. By and that time, is, we talked to about four people, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the uh, that kind of NAM, I don't it, think. Not was, again. It was funny because I was just like listing out brands that we want to visit today. And we're like, we've, we've kind of done the show. And I mean, we've not stopped every booth. But I just don't think you ever do because there's some stuff that you're drawn towards more than, than yeah. others. Well, I, I was thinking about it. So like, there's a massive Ibanez booth and we've kind of skirted around it. It's pretty pointless us going there because a lot of the stuff that's there will never make it to the UK anyway. And if it does, you know, Ibanez have got a huge base in the UK. They've got a really good distributor yeah. there. We could just go there. Yeah. And, and actually, their, their booth is weird because it's kind of like closed off. Yeah. You it's inter- just the it, guitars all, all around the outside and then you kind of just like have to like enter in. And it's like a hedge in. maze. Yeah, it's really weird. Filled with pointy guitars basically um so yeah there's uh so yeah it was really interesting chatting to people yesterday and getting everyone's different take on on where they see this all going and what everyone's doing and um yeah i think everyone's got a unique take obviously this year we're focusing heavily on instagram heavily on podcasting um and heavily on kind of meeting people and shaking hands and stuff yeah Um, but some people are doing video you know 60 cycle harm are doing a lot of video um, and it seems to be working out really well for them. Yeah. So, yeah, just cool to get different different perspectives and stuff. I like where we went in the afternoon. So, where was that? We went to China. 
Just a little, you know, a little trip in the afternoon. You're going to go to China. Yeah. Yeah, so we ventured down to Hall E yesterday, which is um, the basement of the convention centre, which in the last the last time I was here, it was rammed, and they've definitely scaled it yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, last time I went down there, it was full of brands. Like, every major brand was yeah. was down there. Like, every... Well, I say major brand, every, like boutique pedal brands that you yeah. could, you knew was down there so now a lot of that has moved upstairs there's still some of that downstairs but yeah like we, and we'll talk about the brands that we did actually interact with but there is a whole section down there just called China yeah which, that's definitely the first year it's been down there what the, the Chinese the stuff? actual well no there's been Chinese stuff but the fact that they've actually branded it China, China like signs hanging down from the ceiling yeah 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 so um, what it is is basically a load of kind of uh, OEM factories so factories that make generic product that are able to put any brand name on it, essentially. So we saw a lot of, like, PA speakers with built-in disco lights. But the thing is, we saw two Chinese factories that were, had completely different names. They weren't re- related, that had the same exactly, speakers in. Exactly the same product. In. It was like, well, you guys are just copying each other now. Well, not even, <clears throat> I don't think it's even that. I think it's, like... Maybe that stuff comes out of the same factory and they're like sub distributing. Yeah. So it all gets very weird. Yeah. 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 I, I like going to China. The, the, quality, the quality of some of the acoustics, like in terms of visual oh, looks definitely. and stuff, you're like, and you'll you probably go, well, oh, that's like a five, six hundred pound acoustic. And then they'll be like, yeah, like distribution cost is like 50 pounds or something yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. What I like is when you go down, because I've seen this sort of stuff in other, other guitar shows as well. It's not just at NAM, but you go down there and you're like, Okay, so that guitar is in this manufacturer's range and they're charging 600 quid for it. And this one is from the same factory, is in a different manufacturer's range. Um, so you can kind of like spot, okay, right, that brand has handpicked that one out of that range because it's quite good. And that brand's picked that one yeah. out of that range and put their logo on it. Yeah, but basically no guitar brands down there. Well, there are guitar brands, there's a couple we saw, but like in not, terms of... Not the brands main- that you would know... If you hadn't gone down there, yeah, like no one you would have heard of in advance, and we talked some cool ones. We'll we'll go down the list in a minute, but um, yeah, there weren't ones we were like looking out for essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's um let's have a little talk about what we saw on the show floor. Um, we the first thing we did, uh, we promised the guys at Chapman that we would go there, uh, and get a ton of photos of their brand new product. So loads of new seven and eight strings. Yeah, and. Some new body shapes? Um, the no, flying, so, flying V is new, right? No, same... No, the Flying V had already come out. I think the deal was seven and eight strings with left-handers, but new colours. Yes, There was a voting right. system, and those were the colours voted. It was like a purple... Like bluebird, like a purple fade kind it of thing. It was really nice. But then Matt from Chapman was saying that... Um, People voted on the purple one, yeah, and then they also thought, Do you know, should we just make a black one as well? So there's like a nice black, yeah. sunbursty fade color across yeah. the range as well. Um, that, to me, that what I love about that range is it's just like clear and defined, it's so yeah. easy to just find what you want, yeah, yeah. I played, um, because I've not played any of the uh, it's Indonesian, isn't it? The, the cheaper range. Um, I'm sure it was said Indonesian on the headstock. Yeah, I think there's like an Indonesian range and then World Guitars is yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. pro range. So I played one of the Indonesian tellies, the um, ML3. That's the tally Yeah, one. I think so. ML3. Um, and it was really good. Really good. I was really surprised by the playability. I was kind of re- you know, really into it. Um, and obviously we know that the pro stuff is good because we've reviewed a couple bits for, for gear of the year. Um, and then also we looked at the signature bases, the brand new um, Dave... 
Dave signature. Uh, Dave Hollingsworth. Two different models, so a regular and a fan fret version. So good. I didn't get to try the fan fret because when we were at the booth, Dave was actually doing a demo on it. Um, and it sounded... And it's in like... It had like a burl top and it was in like a faded... It's like natural in the middle, but then the outskirts is like an ocean blue. Yeah. It's really nice. They've come on a long way from the original bases because the original bases were good, but they were quite... I think the company's just come along a long way in yeah. general. It's just yeah, they're doing some great stuff right now. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, and one thing that we haven't yet seen, we're going to go and check it out today, and there was a big announcement about it last night. Um, Chapman are launching a brand new UK built guitar. Yeah. Um, I'm holding off any opinion until we've seen it. It looks good in the videos, definitely. It looks yeah. really well built. Um, price wise, Thirty five hundred. I yeah. think they started. Do, do they know where they're being built? Do they like say the? I don't actually thing? know. Maybe we could find out that um, yeah. today. That's the plan: is to go to the um, go to the stand again yeah. quickly. We watched, we watched the official launch video, and I thought they looked really good in the yeah. launch video. Yeah, really nice. Uh, just the finishing looks immaculate. So quite uh, interested to go and check that out today. Yeah. There's quite um, quite some hubbub about it yesterday, and I wish we could have been there for the launch, but we were off doing something Eating else. So. Pizza. Yes, yeah, we're off. Eating, we were networking, e- eating some pizza. Yeah. indeed. Um, so after Chapman, uh, next door we went to uh, Victory. Yeah, um, you know, obviously the companies have quite close relations. Yeah, um, and the big thing that Victory amps are showing this year are actually some preamp pedals. They have got a couple new amps, but um, yeah, the preamp pedals were what looked absolutely killer. Yeah, like um, I, I just happened to see like an Instagram post. I didn't even realise they'd launched them because we didn't even see it yesterday. Or the day before, rather. And then we saw them and I was like, these look great. They yeah. look really good. <laughs> I just love when pedals are so ridiculously oversized Yeah, they, it makes a statement. Yeah. I mean, because the first thing I spotted, obviously, was the fact that you now if you buy any of the heads, like the V30, the V40, like the lunchbox sizes, you can buy it with the rack mount adapter. So you can you can now rack mount your... Yeah. Uh, Victory amps, and then they had like the Super Kraken and and the Super Countess, but so it was like the, the Super Kraken's a hundred watt version of the Kraken, yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah, and the Super Countess is like a hundred watt version of the of the V thirty. But these pedals are like they're pretty big, but they've gone well. To be honest, people who probably use amps don't use loads of pedals, yeah, and just like you just want to get them on a pedal board and just you know that that is your sound basically. Yeah, um, so it's like four micro valves in the preamp section I think they were saying or yep. is it four mic valves throughout I can't, Ooh, remember. I can't remember I'll have a look and then um, you've got basically guitar in guitar out um, Rabia was saying they're making it very clear that if you're using it with an amp you have to go into the effects loop return yeah he's like you can plug it in the front end but it will sound terrible yeah um, and it's not yeah it's not like um, I guess you could plug it into a power amp so you could plug it into like a Moore baby bomb or that the new Moore like rack mount 20 watt uh, power amp the idea is you just go into effects loop return um, and then there's an effects loop on there as well so if you want to run delays reverbs modulations or anything you can um, dual channel with remote switching and then um, it was basically laid out like for example the Kraken was basically laid out like the Kraken so you had the two master volumes you had the gain the EQ section and I was like that was really good and I think they were coming out at three they said the price wasn't confirmed yet yeah. actually oh, okay. um, and also uh, <coughs> I was just trying to find some spec on the website and they're not even on the website yet that's how how new they are I think they were saying that April roughly was yeah. when they were going to be around so. he said that the guy was saying that they're just like they've been so unbelievably popular yeah 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you see a lot of dealers there because obviously they've got the blue badge. I think I saw more dealers at the Chapman and Victory booth than I've seen anywhere else. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, there um, there was a lot going on. Yeah, and I think those pedals will do really well. They seem like the kind of pedal that you can build a whole rig around. Yeah, Um, and we were talking to Martin Kids, the designer, and saying about coming up to the the factory's workshop and talking to him about. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm up for that. There's kind of obviously a lot of history there with. Cornford. Cornford. Yeah, so I completely blanked on what that... I mean, it's day three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely, definitely feeling it. Um, talking about feeling it, one thing that you were really feeling was the next booth that we stopped by, Singular Sound. Yeah, so Beat Buddy... <clears throat> Beat Buddy what? had sent us some stuff before. Were they? Was the company originally just called Beat Buddy and now they've got mm. Singular Sound? Because I don't ever remember them being referred to as Singular I Sound. I think the thing is, is they're just one of those people that's just known by their... Beat Buddy. Beat Buddy. Yeah. Um, and it's, I guess it's like Game Changer Audio, the plus pedal. They're known as plus the plus pedal. pedal, yeah. Um, but they got in touch just before the podcast. They'd sent the stuff before, and I think a new guy took over, and he's like, "Oh, I listen to your podcast, and want to send you some stuff." So they sent us the full beat buddy, and we went there, and they were like, "Oh, do you want a demo or anything?" And we were like, "No, we just want to take photos and this, that, and the other." We spoke to, I think his name was Dave. He was the CEO. I can't remember yeah. his uh, full name. Can't remember. I've got his card somewhere. Um, but they showed us the new product so that they had the Beat Buddy there and, and the Beat Buddy Mini but their new one was the MIDI Maestro yeah I was really impressed it really unexpected they were like it's basically it's a MIDI controller for the Beat Buddy which has got MIDI in primarily however it can be totally reprogrammed and it looks like I guess in a way it looked like the HX effects in the fact that he had nine buttons yeah and then they all had scribble script scripts the like screens above them and you can put any text in those you can reprogram any way you want and every button can send like six midi messages it can send all the control change messages and it had bluetooth with an editor app really okay, yeah. i didn't realize that yeah, yeah so it had bluetooth and you could basically like do it all from your phone you can sync it up to your door or if you're doing something in you know ableton or logic you can sync it to that um i was like yeah I'm really into it, and I, I can't remember how much they said it were, and I'm not sure if it was fully confirmed, but he was like, I'm pretty sure the price range he indicated, I was like, really reasonable. Yeah, I mean, if you'd got something like an Eventide H9 and you wanted to connect it up. Well, that's and, exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. You could like lay out, you know, nine patches or nine functions. Well, this is the thing. So, functions. I mean, you know, I, I do a lot of that with the ESA anyway, but you just have the one you know, the one screen for your patch names and you can reprogram the buttons and everything. But if you've got something like an H9, like I have, rather than buying an HXFX or an MS3, you could just keep what you've got and then use this and then name all the buttons. Yeah, definitely. So you could lay it out by, I guess you could have a mix of patches and like effects on and offs as well yeah. on those. Yeah, so there's no effects loops or anything like that. So, But it is just... It's just a MIDI controller. I know, but I think it's one of the, the better just... MIDI controllers out there. I mean, it, it didn't look like a really expensive MIDI controller, so it's not like some sort of, you know, super mega, you know, um, custom audio electronics switcher, but I think it was just a good entry point. Because most of them are like the Tech 21 MIDI Moose or things like that, or the, yeah. the Behringer FCV 1010, which is massive, and this is like far more compact. Yeah, it looked. But it was about the same size as a M9, I guess, if not maybe a bit smaller. It was kind of like the size of an iPad. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it um it looks because the Beat Buddy stuff is really nice and obviously it's it's um solid looking, but I would say it looks 
as it doesn't look like particularly expensive gear just the design of it yeah it looks you know really functional and kind of friendly and stuff but it doesn't yeah. look like pro gear um and i guess it's probably not designed to whereas this looked like like pro gear that could yeah. sit on a you know a, a real high-end pedal board yeah um, yeah, impressive little product. Really surprising to um, see that. Yeah, no, it was good. Then, so hopefully we're going to do some stuff with those guys um, later on. One of, the, uh, I mean, obviously I struggled to get my head around even a basic MIDI controller like that. But talking about like crazy pedals, I mean, I couldn't even get my head around this product. We went to the Empress Effects booth to see their um, brand new kind of. Uh, I guess it's like a flagship product because of how bonkers it is. The Zoya. How would you just describe what the Zoya actually um, is? Well, I was trying to go to their website to see if they actually had an official description. I don't think they've even put it on there yet. Um, I have literally no idea how you... I, I think they kind of described it as a Eurorack um, modular synthesizer in a guitar pedal. Yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's like, what? It just had a load of buttons on it. They had it hooked up to headphone apps. So I was like, guys, I know we're not trying a lot of stuff, but they had some actually really impressive noise-canceling headphones because when I took them off, I was like, oh, yeah, oh it's God. really noisy. Yeah. Um, it's basically got 36 like little tiny push buttons it's the same size as their normal uh, super reverb and the echo station they've had out recently but it's like yeah it's you can basically do anything with it I can't, it's, they had the headphone station I put it on and then the first patch was like a sequencer that, sound, that they'd programmed to be Stranger Things theme tune and it sounded exactly like a vintage synthesizer it sounded exactly like the Stranger Things yeah. theme tune it wasn't like okay they've done a patch that approximates the Stranger Things theme tune it was exactly the Stranger Things yeah. theme tune it was unbelievable and you can do it all on the push buttons I think there's an editor um, for it. it had this really nice tiny little screen but yeah, I think it's basically got a bunch of inbuilt effects and then you basically program and sequence those effects, but you can route them in tons of different orders um, and you can make one thing modulate others. 
Um, there's like I think there's like two loopers in it or something like that. It absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I don't think anyone would have got a decent demo there because I think you have to sit down with definitely, it. Definitely, definitely. Um, they describe it as a grid-based multi-effects. I mean, God knows what that actually yeah. means. I was like, I really, really want to. I just want to buy one so I can just have it at home and try it. It looked absolutely bonkers. So they're expected out in the spring at some time, which seems to be what everyone said about their products at NAM. Um, 450 USD is the price yeah. that's been uh, kind of floated. So obviously it's very expensive for a uh, single pedal, but I mean, I guess it's only Strymon-ish money. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think there's... Because they, they said, oh, it's all MIDI controllable as well. And they said, we've actually got a synthesizer hooked up or like basically a MIDI, not a synthesizer, a MIDI controller hooked up to it. And they're like, yeah, you can basically program that to be a synthesizer. And then the MIDI controller just works as the keys, basically, the, the control notes. It's so like, mad. It's so, so mad. Um, I think it's one of those ones you definitely have to try. Yeah. Um, and sit down with for a long time. And one of the ones you are definitely going to have to read the manual. I pressed some buttons and was like, don't think it's doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's a great pedal. Yeah. It's when you push buttons and nothing happens. That's really what you want. Yeah. Um, so also, just around the corner from Empress, we um, we stopped by the Reverend Guitars booth. You know, we've talked about Reverend a lot on the podcast. Um, and so we made it a bit of a, a thing to, to go there and introduce ourselves. And we met Penny, who is, I think, the... Um, vice president I think yeah yeah vice president um, and uh, she talked us through some of the new stuff um, they've got a few cool new things short scale Billy Corgan but yeah. it's not short scale in like okay well, you know it's like a slight scale 24 75 instead of 25 and a half exactly no it's like having a third fret capoed Billy Corgan guitar I like their advertisement was just when you thought the Billy Corgan couldn't get any bigger it didn't <laughs> Um, so I don't really we didn't care to chat to um, to Penny about the kind of idea behind it but I, yeah, I don't really understand why this guitar exists I guess there must be like they must be doing stuff on tour or something that I think there that's, must be new material that he uses a, a, a lot and they were like I suppose just make it well so when I went to um, that Yamaha event where he talked about the new album the new album not Smashing Pumpkins the Billy Corgan solo album is much more kind of acoustic-y and folky yeah. so I wonder if there's like some like mandolin parts or something on there that he's using maybe because I, I really like the idea of having like an electric tenor guitar yeah. like the um, what's the guy from Grinderman called with Nick Cave I can't remember uh, War- Warren Ellis he's yeah, got yeah. those signature um, guitars that are like that and I'm like actually because I like playing the guitar lady that I've got from Yamaha, which is tuned A to A. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, that might be quite a cool little thing for like Definitely. messing around or doubling up guitar parts. Yeah. Or yeah. Just, like I think the idea is it's something to give you a different texture, basically, yeah. a different, different sound. Um, and they, so we saw those. Um, we also did a quick kind of, um, had a quick look at some other stuff that we hadn't actually seen in the flesh. So I finally got to see one of the Mike Watt signature bases, which was really cool. Just little kind of grindy short scale P bass. Yeah. Um, and they were showing off their new Air Sonic models, um, which were basically guitars. They had a few different body shapes, I think. No, maybe they were just the Les Paul Jr. kind of body shape. Yeah. With an F hole. But the F-hole goes all the way through the guitar. So it's yeah. a solid body guitar with an F-hole that goes all the way through. Yeah, because I didn't notice that at first. And then we're like, oh, Well, they, just, they, they just look like regular, like, you know, like 335-style yeah. F-holes. Um, I'm just going to have a quick look and see... They had some rocking colours, though. They really did. 
Yeah, I mean that's with the Reverend. Obviously, you know, everything there, they make. Was there looks a new cool. one as well that was just like one pickup? As well, because it looked like there was one. They've done that guitar for a little while. Um, so, yeah. So basically, they describe it as yeah, solid body guitar uh, with rich big tone of a semi semi hollow. Um, so yeah, no, it, it's just on there the reg- the regular reverend body shape actually, which is that kind of offset. Um, st- the same shape as the Billy Corgan, um, and yeah, they were. Really fun, just a, yeah. re- a really fun thing. Everything I saw just looked absolutely amazing. Oh yeah. no, the new one was the Reeves Gabrell's dirt bike, which was like the one humbucker trem. They've done that for a little while. Actually. We, talk, while? we talked about that when that was released. That was maybe. But they've got some rocking colours. Like I don't know if these ones are new, but like metallic violet. But they had some sparkle stuff as well, which looked really good. I mean, we talked about uh, Reverend so much and how much they're just absolutely kind of nailing that cross between vintage design and like modern features and some crazy modern ideas yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah, they they have got a lot of good product. They also do, yeah, the Matt West signature. Yeah. Got to see that for the first time, which is the single P90 with a Strat Trem, like uh, TV yellow sort of guitar. Yeah, they're, um, there's, uh, there's some good stuff. Yeah, the Billy, they're calling it the Billy Corgan Terz, T-E-R-Z. Oh, that's too close to uh, another word, turd. <laughs> I thought, that's what I thought you were going to say. I was like, the no. Billy Corgan what? No, it's not the, it's not the Billy Corgan turd, turd T-E-R-Z. I don't, I, I don't know what that means. I'm, I guess it's a Smashing Pumpkins thing. When Billy, right, so this is the description from the site. When Billy Corgan requested a new electric Terz guitar, I admit we had to do some research. Classical Terz guitars go back to the 19th century when concertos of the period often called for a standard guitar as well as a Terz tuned to a minor third. G, C, F, A sharp, D, G. It sits in a classical guitar quintet between standard guitar and alto guitar, similar to the way a baritone occupies the tonal space between a standard guitar and a bass. So that's what the guitar is. I guess it's tuned, yeah, G, C, F, A sharp, D, G. I'm in. (laughs) I'm in fully up your street well maybe we'll speak to Reverend and see if we can get one and uh, do some demos and and talk about it on the podcast Um, we then stopped by Relish Guitars which is a brand that I hadn't heard of but you had yeah well we did actually talk about them a little bit on the podcast but I think because I kind of saw some press releases and I've I've seen them in magazines a couple times but I know you guys hadn't seen them and I thought they looked really cool Um, but these ones have they've basically released an and there's been a few videos on it. I know a few people have been Instagramming it, but they've released a new quick change pickup system for their guitars where they basically snap in with mag- other magnets. Yeah. Um, really bizarre. Um, and they've got that awesome switching system that's all... Basically, I think they had new pickups that basically go in, uh, they like clip in. But their new pickup system is like three push buttons on the front, but they're touch sensitive. So the longer you hold them down, it gives you different pickup options like coil split or inner coils or outer coils yeah totally there was mad. a little diagram wasn't there where there's like nine yeah. different pickup selections or something so just looking at their site now basically the way the guitars are constructed they've got they're like sandwich bodies so they've got wooden top yeah. wooden back but they've got a metal sandwich middle and yeah. that's what the neck connects to so yeah really good stability but they you know they look like a wooden guitar you wouldn't be able to tell until you turn it onto yeah. its side to see um, the I see the sandwich i think they're about two thousand two and a half thousand for those ones yeah i don't have any no they're more than that are they they're more than that so the relish the jane which seems to be the kind of standard model 
5,399 UST. Ouch. Yeah, they are not a cheap guitar. And it seems <coughs> like maybe they do a cheaper version. I yeah, think they so, do a cheaper Yeah, they version. do. So they do um, the... <clears throat> the Mary, which is uh, or the Mary Wood, which is basically instead of having the metal, uh, I think it's aluminium middle. It's a wooden sandwich part in yeah. the middle, um, and they start yeah two thousand two thousand one hundred ninety nine USD. So um, yeah. Pretty bonkers. I advise pretty you to nice. go and check out the site. And I think we also put some pictures up on the Instagram story because yeah. the the way that it's laid out, you can basically unbolt the entire back of the guitar and yeah. like flip it round, so you can see yeah. all of the uh, all of the insides, and then you just like flip the back of the guitar back yeah. on and bolt it all down again. Yeah, real, real mad design, and but classy though. You know, nice shape and yeah. nothing. The problem with the guitar guitars with all these like features on usually is that they look bad. Yeah, and these look really good. No, they do look really classy. I'd love. I, I mean, I'd love for them to send us one just to demo it and kind of talk about it. But I think maybe at five thousand three hundred, they might be like, no, probably not going to give that a loan stock. Are they? <laughs> probably not going to come around to one of our flats and you know just uh, hang out there for a bit. You know? Yeah, it's probably not going to be there. Um, so we uh, after that we that all this stuff was in regular hall D, which is upstairs and the kind of guitar exhibit. Yeah. Then we went down to visit China down in the basement, but also down, down in the basement um, are some more of the kind of lesser known guitar brands they've got their own little area down there so um one of the ones that we visited uh was matthew's effects who yeah. I, I guess are actually quite well known but they yeah, yeah i think they've got a really strong community um based facebook which i'm a part of um loads of the guys that obviously we know over here like blake and and ryan and, and steve they obviously really um they're really behind them so it's kind of cool to just like meet him because like i oh, would love to do some stuff and he's like do you want to demo it? and we're like we're just not going to demo anything. Yeah. It's like, we just don't want that first impression. They're like, I've got headphone amps. Like, we'll just, you know, let's talk after now. Yeah. You know. Loan us something and we can actually hear what it sounds like yeah. rather than... And give like a proper impression. And, you know, what we're doing is inviting loads of people on the podcast. I think yeah. we're going to try and do a second series of, you know, artist pedal, interviews. Pedal builders fact, and guitar builders. Me, we need to go back to Wampler today and meet yeah. Brian and kind of like face-to-face for the first time. Definitely. Um, but it was good to just meet him and be like, come on the podcast, talk about your stuff. Because I think that's a great way for everyone who listens to the podcast to just, you know, find a little bit more about, and it, you know, that brand. And also that for them to impart their, like, passion of their brand on, onto people as well. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We could be doing interviews on the show floor and filming it and stuff. But what do you get? Like, get three minutes of a decent chat. Whereas on the podcast, we can talk to them for an hour. And yeah, it, you know, yeah, exactly. It, it works. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Matthew's Effects. Uh, they've got a brand new effect. The Conductor was the yeah. new thing that they were showing. Um, can you remember? He did give us some details on it. Can you remember what I it was all about? I can't, actually, because I think they're not. it's not fully finished yet. Um, but they had a lot of stuff that came out last year. They look really classy. Good design. Um, Conduct, yeah. Conductor V2 Optical Trem um, um, but yeah he. I think when we were talking about it yesterday because it was so busy down there um, we, we chatted for ages about you know what we do and introducing ourselves and stuff and uh, they had some really loud demos going yeah yeah and we sort of said oh what's new and he went oh we've got the conductor and then it was like Okay, all right, well, let's talk about that uh, you know, yeah, at yeah. a later date. And we didn't actually get into what it is. So, yeah, it's an optical trim. Um, that was the, the new thing. What he did have on his booth, he was repping another brand. Oh, what were they called? J.W. Williams Guitars. Um, yeah, J.W.G. Guitars. Josh William Guitars. Yeah. Man, they were, he was like, look, we've ordered them. We've ordered a couple for ourselves. They're an eight-month waiting list. They're made in California. 
um, kind of three three five esque. Well, in fact, the Mockingbird, which is seems to be the model that they promote, is just basically a three three five. Yeah, there's nothing. There's not even that much of a twist on it. It's just a really really good three three five. Yeah, and then he has like loads different tailpiece options, pickup options, bridge options, finish tuners. yeah, you can have gold sparkle binding. Oh man, they're so good. I'm just looking at the website now, and I know. like we saw a kind of che- you know classic three three five yesterday, cherry red. But there's like a black relic on the site. There's a couple of incredible. guitars that have really like popped out. In fact, actually, we didn't write it down. Did we write it down what was the name of that? Oh no, you did class guitars. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that uh, after we talk about this. But yeah, I mean, I'd need to look at pricing on this because. They don't actually seem that expensive. They seem about the same money that you'd pay for maybe a Gibson one, and these would be like hand built to order. Yeah, actually, I mean they're not. They aren't cheap. Actually, three thousand seven hundred dollars. Yeah. But for me, that's probably considering they didn't have a booth. That's probably the best guitar I've seen at the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, yeah, JoshWilliamsGuitars.com. If you want to <coughs> check that out, just real classy three three fives, and they make some other stuff as well. They make the Stella which is kind of a Les Pauly type thing. Uh, yeah. And then they make some acoustic guitars as well. So, yeah, definitely um, definitely check them out. Um, and, yeah, talking about, like, vintage-style guitars with a bit of a twist, we saw Wild Custom Guitars, yeah. um, who are a French brand. Or in fact, there's two brands under the same umbrella, Wild Customs and Sauvage Guitars, or Sauvage? Yeah, I guess Sauvage. I the logo, when you first look at it, the logo really looks like it says sausage. I know. It's like sausage guitars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so the t- t- same manufacturer but with two different, um, a, a slightly different twists. Wild Customs are much more like vintage style guitars. Yeah. And Sauvage uh, are much more like experimental, kind of arty, modern guitars. But the Wild Customs really. Yeah, so they have like a couple of series. So they have the Automotive series, which is their like extreme one based on like vintage cars. Yeah, like one from each like decade. I think like forties, fifties, and sixties, or something like that. Um, and then they have Wild Original, um, which I think they've got five models in. Yeah, so there's like a Tele style one. Um, there's one that's, I guess, kind of like Gibsony, like Thunderbird. Well, they called it the Fire Wild, and it looks a lot like a Thunderbird, but it has the same horn as the Ibanez. Iceman. Iceman, yeah. It looked great, and they had some really nice finishes on the booth. And if you go to their website, they've got some even better finishes on there. Oh, man, there's one on here called the Wild Dunn Shell Pink Relic, which is like halfway between a kind of Iceman and a, I don't know, like a Firebird and a Les Paul in Shell Pink Relic, 3,489 yeah, euros. that looks great. They're not cheap, but that looks absolutely incredible. And I think you couldn't get them in the UK yet. Is that right? Uh, uh, did he say... No, they have got a dealer. They're in Guitar, I mean, Guitar Camden, they've I got think. A P, uh, they've got a P91 in TV Yellow, and it's basically a Les Paul Jr., but with the top horn of an Ibanez Fireman because it's reversed yeah oh god these are so good looking at their website now yeah I'm totally into it wildcustomguitars.com yeah they were just one of those ones that like downstairs like downstairs was relative, was pretty empty yeah um, but these were like down there and I think that's, I'm glad we went down there and I'm glad we did that yesterday it was nice to just get a bit of quiet but it was good to, to see these yeah just think oh yeah the Firewild which is the basically the Firebird with the yeah uh, Explorer or the, the uh, Fireman Bottom horn looks yeah. so good. Oh man, I'm really into that. Really into that. 
yeah good good stuff definitely check those out um <clears throat> and then last off the probably the last thing we saw in the day really was class guitars also down in the basement um c l a s german built uh very modern it couldn't be any different from wild customs absolutely bonkers yeah but in a good way though i'm not normally into that obviously the headless thing um but yeah these were i mean i I, I personally i wouldn't play one because it's just not it wouldn't be the right guitar for the sort of thing i play but you know if you're into like tosin abassi that kind of high art music yeah um, i guess if you if you like the abassi kind of design it was very similar to that what's weird is they're like the top horn is connected to the body and it uses an 11 bolt neck join yeah so you get loads of resonance um, and it feels like you're going to run out of space like you're playing an acoustic and then it just keeps going yeah and they were 20 inch 26 inch scale length which yeah. was, <laughs> which is really odd but they have two models the um the moby dick and the Le- the leviathan um and then he was debuting his new jazz guitar which was like thicker than a 175 but had the modern body shape with the neck join yeah so the just to, for a bit of perspective the the uh or for reference i should say the body is smaller than like a strandberg yeah in a similar kind of vein i guess you know it's got that kind of uh long top horn um yeah and like single cut style um but then yeah this one was like you say deeper than a 175 yeah i was really into it i was like could i play one of these <laughs> i don't think i'm good enough to play one of those that's that's the thing i mean definitely for you know people who are into the, that kind of um strandberg i think for the jazz one you have to be mega into jazz so if definitely. you're in some sort of like definitely modern jazz fusion band yeah and for, to be honest, they are a lot of money. They're three. They start pretty much at I three thousand euros. He was, it was nice because he was the he was the company. Yeah. He built the guitars. Yeah. Um, and you could and actually for the money, considering what he's doing, they're probably because he probably could have charged like he could have had them upstairs on the boutique builders exhibition and probably had them for like three times the price. Yeah, they could have been ten grand. But he's like, well, these are players' guitars. Yeah, you, know, you just have to be a very specific player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's not something that I would play, but I can appreciate the quality. I would love to have plugged it in. Because I don't think he even had an amp on there. I think he was just showing was them just off. showing the guitars, yeah, yeah. yeah to um, <clears throat> for dealers and Maybe stuff. Maybe we should go to Germany. I mean, I'm up for that. I'm always up for going to Germany. It's all good. But he does all sorts of stuff. There's stuff with, like, <laughs> arcade kill switches. It ranges from very metal through to much more subtle. Yeah, in fact, there's one on his site here. The Moby Dick 0315, which I guess is the serial number custom shop. Here's the specs. Moby Dick model, nine string, ash body with a walnut bow top. Ebony head... Oh, we've got the headless. Yes, yeah, not all of them are headless. But- uh, fan fret, 26 to 29 inch scale length with lace pickups and then one one volume control. Yeah, I'm looking at this one right now. It's really... Yeah, I wonder how do you actually select between the two pickups? You don't. Oh, push, push volume. So I guess that's how you Maybe. select between the two. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> that's mad. It looks like an ironing board. Anyway, with that, so that's a load of stuff. Go and check out all the stuff that we've talked we've, about. I've got two quick, ridiculous things from Oh, yeah, Holly. of course. Okay, of course. Yeah, I so the first one, actually, it's worth checking out. These were called... We only spoke to them for like 30 seconds because they just handed me a card. Um, Endor Manufacturer Pedal Boards. They make a really tiny pedal board. Uh, about the same size as like a 
pedal train metro 16 but what they've done is channeled out the bottom to run all your cables underneath and then created like a little cable clip system that stopped everything from like just dangling out of the bottom and it came with a little gig bag and i I think they were like relatively cheap yeah so they were quite a cool little pedal board for for micro pedals but the most ridiculous thing was visual note oh yeah i forgot because i when you were looking at this i was like what the last thing we need to do is get into a conversation so i kind of like walked off and you would look at it they are basically it's an overlay system for the fretboard that then has like an LED for each string on each fret. Yeah. And it can do a load of weird, crazy, like, graphics. They said they can do over a thousand colours. Um, they had one that was, like, playing a game of Tetris. So, like, these little things were coming down then, like, stacking up at the bottom of the fretboard. But the other thing was it came with a free piece of software that basically connects to your computer and you can download thousands of songs and then it, imp- it basically lights up the fretboard for the chords that you need to ridiculous. play. Um, I didn't get a price. I mean, it was a, a, an absolutely ridiculous thing. Um, I think it comes like a back panel or something you might have to put on the front or something weird. But it, it was like, yeah, basically an overlaid LED system. €189. Euros. Just just go and check it out. I'm just, sure there's some videos from them. But yeah. Um, in fact, it's not just chords because... There's an Italian or a Spanish guitarist um, who's got a course on extreme tapping and then the lights light up as well <laughs> to go with it. Oh, God. Absolutely brilliant. How do you keep up? That's the, uh, that's the key thing. <sighs> Who knows? Who knows? You'll anyway, never win. You will never win. Rolf Harris Chess. <laughs> uh, is it Rolf Harris Chess? It is Rolf Harris you, Chess. You will never win. Um, anyway, uh, with that, we're going to wrap up today. We've got a ton more stuff to go and see. We're going to go and eat some breakfast, hopefully, now, if we get time. Yeah. Um, and then we'll be dropping maybe the final podcast tonight. Yeah, so I think we're probably... We're going to the Pedal Builders I think, actually, tonight. what time do you need to go tomorrow? Uh, early. Because yeah, we, we will need podcast night, but we're going to, we're going to try and go to the GitCon round up at 5 30 and then pedal builders summit yeah but i think that doesn't start till 7 30 so i think we've got some it's time. not going to go late is it the pedal builders are all old like us so it's yeah, going to finish yeah. at like 10 yeah so it'll be fine we can come back here and podcast after that it'd be uh it'd be good yeah anyway with that thanks for listening and uh, yeah more nam podcast fun coming for you tomorrow cheers bye bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 